All right, we're talking Premier League results from the weekend. Everton versus Arsenal, West Ham versus Chelsea, plus the League Cup final between Tottenham and Manchester City, plus much more. This is episode 44 of the Two Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Dalglish, and as always, I'm joined by Tim Bones-Bouts. Let's get going. We're back with another Premier League review show. A, I would say it was pretty much a full weekend of games, but I don't know. To me, the results seemed a little lackluster. I think there's only one match which we'll be talking about, well, maybe two, that really uh, kind of got the juices flowing. I mean, the results were big, but the matches themselves weren't that the most entertaining, I guess you could say. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm ranting. So why don't we jump into talking about some of the results from the Premier League this past weekend? Does that sound good to you, Bones? Yeah. Let's do it, man. All right. Let's start off. We actually had a pretty decent matchup on Friday, which normally they don't allow us to do that. And usually it's kind of like a bottom feeders playing on Friday. But this week, we had Arsenal versus Everton, and the final score of the match was 1-0 to Everton. And this game, you know, big big name to uh, big names to draw a crowd, but it was an ugly, ugly match. And I think the only goal was just perfectly fitting for this match. It was a – what's his first name? Is it Burnt? Burnt, yeah. Like, I burnt something. Like I've left it on the yeah, stove for too I, long, but spelled I feel like, like ER. the the D like the German D sounds like a T, but isn't as as it's a soft curt. T. Yeah, it's a soft T. <laughs> well, Leno he had a good old fashioned own goal, typical German goalkeeping right here. Whoa, 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 whoa! It was let's, a. <laughs> it let's was... not start throwing around these accusations and stereotypes I, I don't like where this is going right you of all people don't like to judge judge people based on what country they come from oh well you know <laughs> but, but you're talking about a country built on goalkeeping here so let's let's not let's all right not all right well although i i will admit manuel neuer did have it did make a mistake this weekend so ooh, live it up dude laugh laugh up make fun of me whatever you want to do but i admit i admit defeat i i admit mistakes in case it, you it's very uh, seldom that it happens so you better enjoy it while it lasts well in case the listeners are confused because you might be but bones has a uh there's probably not a better way to say it but a giant boner for germany and uh but also specifically goalkeepers. And so German goalkeepers is like his wet dream. And so you you hear him talk a lot about uh, Manuel Neuer, Neuer, Neuer. I don't know. Small-time goalkeeper. You don't really need to know his name. But apparently he made a mistake this weekend. I have to go look that up. Um. Anyways, Bert Leno. This was horrific. His, goal, his own goal was so bad. So... For the listeners, a little, I'll try my best to describe it. I'm not very good at describing these things. But basically, Richarlison had the ball 
on the touchline. So no angle to the goal. Sends in sort of a cross, but it's such a bad cross. It's a dribbler. Uh, there's some pace on it, but it's a dribbler two feet out from the goal. And so Leno's there to scoop it up. Basically no pressure. He goes down to one knee and he misses it with his hands. It hits the inside of his calf on his bent knee and takes a 90 degree turn into the goal. So he, he's definitely prone to those uh, throughout his, his past, not only with Arsenal, but with Leverkusen uh, with the German national team. That's why he was dropped from the 2018 world cup team. Uh, and Kevin Trapp was actually our, our third goalkeeper. That's why he generally gets dropped for Kevin Trapp uh, since 2018. So yeah, that that's the big stigma. And there was a thing about how they had just spent big money on him. Uh, Arsenal had just spent big money on him, but they were still starting Peter check because Bernd Leno's hands were so bad. Got it. I know that was riveting for you, but I, I just wanted to paint a little context there. Not not a good sign when your goalkeeper doesn't have good hands. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't have too much else to say about this match. I think it was par for the course. Uh, I think Everton's sitting in eighth and Arsenal's 10th in the league. And Arsenal, you know, as I think we say this every week, they have some flash to them. They have some bright spots. Saka is a very good player. But, like, overall, they're just not a good team right now. And Everton, I think they're a quality team, but they're really crawling to the finish line at this point. Um, they just don't have the depth. The injuries are piling up. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and something that we had talked about about a lot, um, in particular regarding Everton, we were looking at their goal scores. And, you know, Calvert-Lewin has certainly dropped off since his ridiculously hot start. And Rich Arlison is one of the least clinical finishers hmm. I've ever seen the guy I I mean particularly in the past couple of weeks watching Everton matches it's pretty incredible how many opportunities he he gets or creates creates himself and just can't put it away yeah yeah it's all kind of fizzled out I mean Calvert-Lewin's kind of I feel like he's on and off injured pretty much since I don't know the new year so he's definitely dropped off quite a bit um Okay, I think that's enough about that match because it didn't really have any big implications. It was more of just, you know, big-name clubs in a really ugly match. So let's move on to the next one. The next one I actually did not expect that we'd be talking about, but because of the results, it is definitely worth highlighting. Also, it was it was just kind of an exciting match to watch, not from, like, a classic standpoint of quality football. It was actually really ugly, but it's just basically any time – one of these teams is involved in the match. I'll, I'll reveal the team in a second. There's usually chaos. And that match was between Liverpool and Newcastle. I'm talking about Newcastle as far as, like, pure chaos all the time. So the final score of this match, 1-1. Let's start with Liverpool. Lordy, lordy. It's, like, the same thing every single week. They look okay. They look relatively strong in match. Their underlying statistics are strong. For example, they had 22 shots, and nine of them were on goal, but they could only score one goal. It, it really doesn't make any sense. They have basically the only one that can score goals from Masala. I don't know what's going on. None of it makes sense to me. Their defense is like relatively stout, despite it all being like the Virgil Van Dyke injury is going to ruin the season. Blah blah blah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And Newcastle is 
so bad. But if they have one of St. Maximum, Callum Wilson, and now apparently Joe Willick, they always have a puncher's chance to get some points. Like, they are just a trash team. But, like, St. Maximum and Callum Wilson are actually top quality in the sense that they can generate a goal all by themselves. And that's what sort of happened here. So it was 1-0 for the majority of the match. Newcastle running out of time. 89th minute, Callum Wilson dribbles the ball into the 18-yard box of Liverpool, beats his man, beats the keeper, ball pops up, kind of like brushes his arm, his arm that's glued to his side. Like it's not out waving around. It's not, it doesn't look like a handball at all. He scores. VAR reviews it, calls it a handball. Technically that's the right call because of the rule that they put in place for this year, which says basically if the ball hits any hand and then directly the movement from that directly results in a goal afterwards, even if it's accidental, even if it's glued to your side, if it makes contact with the hand, then the goal won't count. So that's what happened. It's a stupid rule that I I think they're going to review and change if they haven't already. Um, I thought they did. They have to, I thought they already changed this rule because this happened to Fulham earlier in the season against Tottenham. Mm -hmm. They had a, they scored a goal, I think to tie it late, but because of some handball deflection led up to the goal when the, when the hand, Oh, it was a Tottenham was trying to clear it. And the guy blasted it into the Fulham player who was like trying to block the clearance and his arm was down by him by his side. The ball hit his arm. It got deflected and it set up Fulham for a goal and yeah, whatever. I thought they changed the rule right after that, but I, I guess they didn't. Um, so anyways, that was in the 89th minute. You thought, Oh my God, Newcastle did it. Then VAR turns it over. Then you're like, well, they're screwed. Liverpool, they deserve to win. They're going to win. Too bad. It would have been. It would have been cool. It would have been chaotic. It would have been wild for Newcastle to uh, steal a point. Well, in the 98th minute, I think it was, uh, Joe Willock, super sub, comes in and scores a goal for Newcastle. Anyways, so final score one one. Newcastle earns the point. It's the second week in a row that Willock scored a late goal to earn them points. Last week it was against West Ham to actually win the match, which was which was huge for their, their relegation meetings. And then, so this also, this point was not expected. So it's huge for them. I think Newcastle is pretty much safe now at this point from relegation, which is you and I did not think that was going to happen. Nope. Not even close, but you know, we, we, we've been wrong about a couple of things. I'll admit that. I'll admit that. Yeah, you have been. Okay. (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah, and this is a huge blow for Liverpool's uh, push for the top four, which is very, very spicy right now. So Liverpool, it's basically between Liverpool, West Ham, and Chelsea, both two of those teams we're about to talk about. But you would think Liver- looking at Liverpool's schedule on paper has the easiest remaining. That would include Newcastle. That should be an easy three points, especially at Anfield. They couldn't get it. That's a bummer. Real shame. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I, match? I can, I can hear that you're really broken up about it. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's just too bad. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match? I know you watched it because I called you out for not watching it, but it turns out you actually did. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, what, what an what, asshole! Jesus. Yeah, you know. Um. You know, I I'd like to point out that Sadio Mane has 
really dropped off a cliff since he, he had his, his hair operation. He just doesn't look the same player. He, he hasn't been finishing. And there's actually a lot of hate mail or, you know, Twitter mail, whatever you call it. I don't know. Uh, about his performance and um, one guy had written a, had tweeted at St. Maxman um, can we do a swap deal between you and Sadio Mane and he, he slapped back at the at the fan who wrote that saying listen like I'm not nowhere near Sadio Mane like he has done so much for your club and will continue to do so I'm really you know happy and 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 I appreciate all the fans saying they've loved me at Liverpool, but you know, I haven't shown that I can, I can be at that level yet. It would that be, same maximum. Yeah. 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 Oh. Uh, it, it was, it was actually really nice to see regardless. There's a number of chances that Mane had where it appeared he was in a, a breakaway position and one way or another, he squandered them. And I just got to, I mean, look back at some of his past performances and you know, he, he's been doing that a lot this year. And in past years, he's just been very clinical. He's been great uh, in close contact with the ball. He's been great in the final final third. So something's going – something's up. Maybe it's just the wacky year that, that Liverpool is having. But, you know, hopefully he'll get back on track in, in, the, in the coming year. Because yeah. he, he, is, he is an exciting player. Yeah, yeah. I, I've – I've been a fan of his in the past, despite him being a Liverpool player. I mean, I liked him at Southampton, um, but he he does a lot. Uh, not but... at uh, not at Red Bull Salzburg. Is that where he was before? Yeah. Wow, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I mean he does so much. That's not what you'd normally associate with a forward or you know attacking wing player. You know he's he's critical to their press and uh, he's probably their best pressing forward if you will, which, you know, I think a lot of people just bat their eyes at or whatever, but it's super important for Klopp's system. So, you know, yeah. Uh, but when it comes to actually delivering and being clinical, it's just, it hasn't been there this year. St. Maximum is a baller, by the way. Like, yeah. I, I mean, without him, I, I will say that Miguel Almiron, I think he's got talent, but St. Maximum is so far above and beyond any of the other players on their squad. It's pretty crazy. I yeah i I wonder if there's gonna be there's. I don't think that I've heard any rumors about him transferring in the summer. But I wonder. I mean, if they were gonna get relegated, then for sure he would have been sold. But I wonder because I feel like they they could get a good chunk of money for him. Yeah i I wonder where he would go though uh, because I, he's not. I mean, he's not. Even, you don't think I, anyone I, I would... could find him useful? Oh no, a hundred percent people would, but but I'm just saying that I don't necessarily know who'd make a a big bid on him. I I don't know. Yeah, and it, that goes to us not hearing any rumors. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to give it a thought. It's uh, he just or seems like he's the interwebs. He's just uh, he just seems like no offense to Newcastle, but he like he's just a, a tier above them right now, and he's young. He's only twenty four. So it seems like someone would, if they were interested and had the money, that they would go for him aggressively. But it doesn't sound like there's anything buzzing about him. It's weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to mention about this match before we move on? No. I, I mean, the, the last five minutes was pretty crazy. So that was the most excitement I got out of the match. But 
yeah. Other than it, that, Newcastle yeah. just is pure chaos. If if yeah. as long as I think pretty much as long as Saint Maximum is playing, it's like you know something could happen at any minute with him. Um, obviously, Callum Wilson is still a stud, but he's still slowly working back from an injury. And then Joe Willick has been the second best loan signing this year. Obviously, the number one being Jesse Lingard for West Ham, but he's I mean he's produced his goals have directly produced like four or five or six points for Newcastle, which we know those points are hard to come by for them this year. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next match. But before we do that, if you're enjoying this episode so far, why don't you make sure you rate review and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're feeling extra saucy and generous, then take it a step further and share it with a friend. It would do wonders for us, and we'd really appreciate it. Okay, moving on to the biggest match of the weekend as far as people playing for playing for something, I guess. We have West Ham versus Chelsea. It's really it's a critical match for the top four. Final score, Chelsea, 1-0. So <laughs> I'm going to share my thoughts on this match. Go right ahead. Let's start by saying this. West Ham was a little shorthanded once again. They still have they're still without their best player, Declan Rice. And they didn't have their only real forward, Antonio. Uh but yeah. Chelsea were arguably the better team for their for most of the match. Big news. Timo Werner got a goal. Yeah. How about that? How about that? And what's also awesome is that he also missed another sitter so i don't know he's got six premier league goals this year and about 15 missed sitters yeah it's it's too many almost too many to count and i know you were going to pull this out or pull mention this in the in this uh this review so i'm gonna steal your thunder but our boy christian polisic with your favorite stat he got a hockey assist on that goal mm-hmm. yep it was a nice he he picked up the ball in the the final third, couple dribbles, pushed it out wide to Ben Chilwell, who one time did a cross. Which honestly, it took the perfect pass to get through. I mean, it, it, this pass from Ben Chilwell, a one timer, weaved between like six legs of the West Ham defenders and got to Timo Werner. Pretty amazing, borderline lucky. Who knows? Um, bada bing, anyways, bada boom. Yeah, it was a goal. Uh, other things to note about this match. Uh, one incident, I think, put a dark cloud over this result. It happened in the, I think, 77th minute. It was one of the worst refereeing decisions of the season, I have to say. So, ball was in West Ham's defensive third. Balbuena was going to clear it. He's the West Ham defender. He's got the ball at his feet. While he's winding up to clear the ball, Ben Chilwell is just barreling in on him, closing in, trying to get there to block the clearance to keep the attack alive. And he's Ben Chilwell's a little late. Balbuena clears the ball on his follow through. He 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 kicks Ben Chilwell. And don't get me wrong, the follow through happened to have basically a studs up on Ben Chilwell. But no matter how you looked at it, in real time or in super slow motion, it was so clear that he was just kicking the ball and the follow-through unfortunately caught Ben Chilwell. 
there was no way it was intention intentional. But the referee managed to go to VAR. Then VAR told uh, the referee, I can't remember what his name is or who it was, but he went to the TV screen or whatever to review it himself in super slow motion. And even after reviewing it, made the decision to give Balbuena a red card, which I thought was horrific. Like just a, it was, it's not even VAR. It's the referee's decision. Like, I understand reviewing that play because it, it kind of technically it was a studs up like a studs went to a calf of a player. So like you want to review it just in case, right? Like if it was intentional, like that guy deserves to be d- deserves a red card, but it was so clearly not intentional and they still managed to give him a red and it ruined the game. I know it was late. And I think up until that point, Chelsea deserved to be up one nil, but with the style that West Ham has had to play since the sort of the injuries have racked up. They've been playing, you know, more defensively, rely on counterattack with Jesse Lingard and, and Jared Bowen. That's par for the course. That's how they've got they were set up this entire match. So obviously Chelsea looked like the better team. They were up one nil, but West Ham wasn't out of it. But after that red card, it was dead. Like it was all Chelsea. West Ham had no chance and it ruined the game. And although Chelsea probably or very could have very well could have gone on to win regardless. It sucks that the ref had to make a decision like this that does kind of have a dark cloud over this game. Yeah, you really took the Twitter to to voice your dis- displeasure and disapproval. Yeah, well, I mean, Chelsea fans were celebrating and ignoring the fact that that actually happened. Um, so I just need to call and that's, it out a that's little bit. A, that's the wrong response. I mean, it was a horrible decision. I, it's it's interesting that you said probably the worst decision of the year. There there have been a lot of bad decisions, so I don't know that I'd go that far. And I, you how he was it was just so obvious. But, it was but, so obvious but, that even even when it happened in real time, no one on the pitch reacted to it, including the players. The ref didn't react to it. The commentators didn't react to it. No one reacted to it. No one knew it happened until after the ball was dead and then they went back to review it i'm i'm not i'm not debating whether it was a bad call or not it was a horrible call i'm just saying that this might be something we need to need to do on our on our thursday ep- or friday ep- episodes a, a review of all the bad calls in the season because oh there boy. have been so many that i don't know that we can just throw out categorizations and superlatives like that yeah there might be there might be worse ones but also i think Another factor, which again, there might be other ones like this, but the importance of this match. I mean, this could potentially decide oh, yeah. the top yeah. four, you know? So, like, why would a referee put himself in there to alter the match that significantly? Like, it almost felt like he went out of his way to make this decision. I don't know how you can watch that re- that play and say, that is a straight red. You can't. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm frustrated. Obviously, I'm biased. I don't like Chelsea. Um, I, I give them credit. Chelsea was the better team up to that point, and I, they most likely were going to hold on for the win. I just hate that again. VAR and the ref have to like this. We, the fact that we actually have to talk about this and point it out. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So that being said, do you think Chelsea? How do you feel about Chelsea finishing top four now? I mean, I'm always cautiously optimistic. Uh, 
I don't know. I it's so tough to get a read. Like you got to score more goals than one goal every match. Jesus. Yeah, like the just, Chelsea just special. Put it in the net. It's yeah. it's. I, I mean, I can't say that it's not that hard because it, it is certainly hard. But jeepers creepers. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. So Chelsea are now up three points on West Ham. West Ham's in fifth. Chelsea's in fourth, and they have a significant. Chelsea has a significant goal differential advantage. So even if West Ham make up three points, Chelsea should still be in front of them unless West Ham beats a team like twelve nothing or something like that. Um, that'd be be interesting that would change things um yeah it's in the only the flip or not the added um context too is i I can't remember who they play off the top of my head but i remember we've looked at it recently and chelsea have a significantly more difficult run of games to close out the season than west ham i think west ham has one of the easiest schedules yeah but i don't know that i'm not necessarily saying that west ham is a team like this but I feel like in the past with the types of teams that are more flash in the pan, like where, you know, they don't necessarily have a long history of being a top six club such as West Ham. They sometimes don't necessarily get it done in the games that they are supposed to get it done on. Uh, You know, they they may play down to their competition. Um, And so maybe they do need that pressure of playing against a tougher schedule uh, to actually pull out results. I don't know. That is a hot take. I was I was definitely following you for the start of that that comment there where you were like, oh, you know, not a traditional top six. I thought you were just going to be like, maybe they'll just break under pressure. And I, you know what? I could buy that. But but saying well, that, then, then maybe, they say need that a, then. maybe they need a tougher schedule. I don't know if that's the right route. <laughs> All right. Do you, not, do you not agree that playing down to one's competition is a thing? Oh, of course it is. Okay. So why is that so ridiculous? Well, if if I'm trying to finish in the top four, I want an easier schedule. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's. That's... I don't. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like we might be overcomplicating it. I think I want an easy schedule. Okay. All right. Well, anyways. Fine, Trev. Hot take bones over here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I obviously I think Chelsea's favored now to finish top four, but it's not it's not over yet think what five matches left to go in the season yep okay so let's touch on some other notable results quickly from the weekend and then we'll hop into the table review so uh let's start with let's start with Leeds and manchester united so this was not really a football match this was more of just a track meet the uh score line zero 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 draw uh this is I don't know. I didn't think it was that ugly of a match, but pretty much everyone else in the world apparently did. Final third for both teams was just couldn't get anything going. Um, Leeds were just, they couldn't even get creative. They did nothing in the final third. Manchester United had some good buildups here and there, but they never could get a really good shot off. Leeds was just so energetic and always behind the ball. And it, they, I thought Leeds were fantastic defensively. And, yeah, it was just a lot of sprinting up and down. Uh, it was definitely an exciting 0-0 draw, but it, it was still a 0-0 draw. So, you know, uh, and United rolled out an interesting lineup. I think it was a very energetic lineup, but not quite the most talented. And I think that worked well because Leeds likes to run a lot, match them for uh, step for step. And then also 
rest some of your better players like Pogba and Cavani for the match, the uh, Europa semifinal later this week. So makes sense. But anyways, moving on to the next match. This is worth noting because it is a surprising scoreline. Burnley beat Wolves. Not not that big of a deal. They're both teams that are kind of struggling this year. But Burnley won 4-0. And Chris Wood, striker for Burnley, had a first-half hat-trick. I think I also heard that this was Burnley's biggest win in their Premier League history. I don't know if that's true at all, but it sounded cool. So I'm going to run with it, and I'm just going to start spreading it. So impressive win for Burnley, and it does mean something for them because they are now floating just above that relegation zone. I think this win is is uh, this win's huge for them. I think Fulham is running out of time regardless. So, And then the only other match I want to touch on from this weekend – is actually not a Premier League match. It was the League Cup final between Manchester City and Tottenham. And I think it was kind of it was kind of exactly what you expected. Manchester City won, one nil. You know Tottenham's not gonna win a trophy. They haven't done they haven't had that. They haven't won a trophy in forever. They've also played really ugly style of football all year. That kind of carried on here. They were just desperately hoping that Harry Kane or Son could get something going offensively. And eventually they also brought Bale in to see if he could do anything. Nothing could get going. City weren't that clinical uh, finishing, but they got they got the one goal that they they needed. By It was actually a goal from Laporte, of all people. And it was the game winner, um, obviously. And it's weird because it's another game winner from their center back. They John Stones, Ruben Diaz, and now Laporte have been just absolute goal producers this year. It's very strange. All right. Anything to note that I missed there, Bones, that you want to call out before we move on? No. As always, you nailed it. Nailed it. Buckets. Okay. Well, then before we wrap up, let's make sure we get a clear picture of what the table looks like. So, Bones, why don't you take it away and give us a table review? Sure. City is still, this is a shocker, City is still in first place at 77 points. United still in second at 67. Leicester is holding on for dear life in third with 59 points. And then Chelsea is knocking down on their door at 58 points, sitting at fourth. West Ham, and and as we mentioned, there's still that bit of a logjam. There there can still be a lot of movement in the the last five six matches of the of the year West Ham sitting at fifth at 55 points Liverpool at sixth at 54 Tottenham at seventh at 53 and then Everton at eighth with 52 so a lot more soccer to be played a lot of movement maybe question mark who knows and then looking at the bottom of the table we're still hopeful that our boys Fulham climb out of relegation they're still in 18th, uh, 27 points. West Brom has actually been making a pretty significant push in the past couple of weeks. Sam, uh, big Sam Allardyce is, I guess, doing exactly what he is known to do, try to get teams out of the relegation zone. I'm still not sure that it's going to happen, but they are pressing for the 18th spot. And then, shockingly to us, Newcastle has climbed out of the 17th spot. They're sitting at 36 points, so... The possible, the, the biggest possibility for um, either Fulham or West Brom to catch up and get out of the relegation zone is to leapfrog Brighton, um, who are in 17th. 
at 34 points, and they have looked horrible. So, uh, still a lot of a lot of points on the board. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. the The fourth place race is so crazy because I've only been focusing on Chelsea and West Ham and a little bit on Liverpool, but like as bad as they've been, Tottenham's right there. Yeah. And Everton's not far off either. Like, they're all within, what, like four or five points? Yeah, and Everton also has a game in hand. So that could be spicy. Man, that burnt Leno own goal was huge. Oh, yeah. And that that's also like – well, first of all, I, I love that Gilfie Sigerson is has finally won back his place because Ancelotti was trying to freeze him out. He's been playing great footy. He actually had a ridiculous free kick that um, doinked off the crossbar. But aside from that, they really have struggled to score. So, I mean, had they not had that own goal, it probably would have ended 0-0. They'd still be struggling for points. So that that really did save their hopes for fourth place. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So thanks for that, Bones. He did, a, he did an excellent job. Oh, Oh, you're making me blush. Uh, okay, so we're wrapping it up here. Before we do so, one request. Mm, make sure you share this with a friend. I mean, the Premier League is a is a very popular league, and we're covering it every single week. And I think you probably have at least one friend that would like to stay informed, especially down the stretch. We've got a lot, of, a lot to play for still. Still relegation. The title is probably wrapped up, but top four is is hot and heavy. All right, so for Bones, I'm Trevor. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.